everyone. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the KidCast. This is just a statement to let you know that some of the content in this podcast may be emotionally challenging. So please listen with discretion. Talk to me about your first pregnancy. So, I was quite young. Mm. Me and my partner had only known each other a couple of months. Wow. Um, we met kind of through mutual friends, um, got together, a little bit untraditionally, I suppose. Mm. I'd asked him, oh, he was quite shy. I asked my husband, don't you know? Weird, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, do you know oh, what? He... <laughs> <laughs> and he always he never lets me forget it either. No, no. it's the same with me. <laughs> I can't just say up. Yeah, I go off. Oh, Why are you taking me on? Whether you like it yeah. or not. Yeah, sorry. Go um, so, yeah, met through a mutual friend who was living with them at the time, long story short, kind of lodging with them. Mm-hmm. Um, hit it off dead well. There were kind of a group of us that were, were friends, I suppose. Mm. Um, I obviously forced myself on him and thought he was taking me on deep. Um, and then it kind of went from there, really. A mm. couple of months later, we, you know, were kind of in a relationship, so to speak. Um, and then a few months after that, found out that we were pregnant. We didn't live together. Mm. We were only young at the time, 20, 21. Um, yeah, kind of wasn't planned, if you want to say it that way. But was a nice surprise at the time. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a difficult period because I was in the middle of university. It wasn't the best time, mm. but it is what it is, yeah. isn't it? You know, kind yeah. of just happened. Um, I'll never forget the day I went home to tell my mum when I was following around the kitchen. She was like, what do you want? <laughs> and I was just stuck here. And then I just went, I'm pregnant. She just went, you are messing. <laughs> So yeah, it kind of went from there really, um, had a really nice pregnancy to be mm. honest, um, did all the reading of the books, we're, we're both kind of readers, we like to know what we need to know about yeah. everything, look into things a lot, yeah. um, read all the books, you know, went to the classes, all that kind of thing, I think mentally for me it started to get quite difficult mm. in the third trimester, yeah. I'd probably say. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say it was the situation, you know, kind of the age I was pregnant or the fact that we didn't really know each other or mm. anything like that. Just something kind of clicked in me. Mm. I don't know. I can't even really describe it. Um, so, yeah, went over by two weeks. The whole induction, let's get baby out. Yeah. You've cooked too much yeah. kind of thing. Um, had a horrific. Did you? Not to put anyone on. No, no. <laughs> I think it's important that we're honest that it yeah. can be horrific. Um, you know, I planned to have a water birth. Yeah. We had obviously moved out of our parents' home, moved in together. Yeah. Had my bathing pool up in the back room Love at that. home. Um, when we got a sweep done, she was back to back. So we found out she was a girl. Mm-hmm. We had a name planned. You know, all those kind of really exciting things. Yeah. And I just wasn't feeling it. Mm. And I know that's... It's probably a difficult thing to say, and I've always been very honest mm. about how I've felt. Yeah. I think it's really important that you are honest. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone has this lovely pregnancy, no. lovely birth, sees the baby, 
falls in love instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's not very well spoken about. No. So I have always been pretty out there, yeah. just kind of open and honest about it. Mm. I think the conversation that's going to be had with my little girl when she's older might be different. And I'd never want her to kind of feel a certain way because yeah. I felt a certain way, yeah. for example. But I did, I did find it really difficult, even prior to the birth, just the thought of having a baby. Um, so yeah, went into labour after an induction, um, had a really, really difficult birth that ended in a vontus, right. um, lost quite a lot of blood. <laughs> my mum left the room oh, because wow. she was traumatised. <laughs> um, it was without going into like loads and loads of detail. It wasn't. It wasn't nice. Traumatic. It was very poorly. Very traumatic. Yeah. Um, both my birth partners and my partner and my mum were traumatised. I was so poorly at the time. Mm. My hands didn't hit me straight away. I don't think. Um, but instantly, I didn't want the baby near me. Yeah didn't want dad near me, kind of resented him being able to go home when mm-hmm. I was in hospital for a couple of mm-hmm. nights. Um, I was quite happy to let the nurses take her to the nurses station and while well, I got asleep. Mm-hmm. And okay, you're absolutely exhausted, aren't you? You know yourself, regardless of how quick your delivery is or anything like that, it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting and I think, I remember them saying to me we had to stay in because Bella wouldn't feed properly she was a water birth but then had to get resuscitated because she'd swallowed water as she was born so as a result then wouldn't feed it was like they thought maybe it was like a defense mechanism I don't know um so we had to stay and the neonatal team had to come and help with the feeding and all this kind of stuff and I'm it was that moment it was about half past one in the morning so she's born a, a couple of minutes to three in the afternoon. So this is the following day. So about, about six, seven hours later. And they said to me, husband, right, you can go home now. Because also this is amidst COVID. He wasn't really meant to be there that long. But I'd been given the all clear to go home at eight o'clock that day. And they said, um, Amber, we're going to have to take you and, and Bella to a ward. And I remember thinking, no. I never voiced it. And I, I remember I have never been so frightened yeah in all my life because I remember thinking I don't even know how to take care of a baby and the one person that I thought would be there to help me is now it's been sent home and will be fast asleep because he's also exhausted from the day and he's got to get up for work in four hours so the that moment I think that's probably my most vulnerable moment probably of my life and I remember because it was so quiet because of the, the time of day I didn't want to make a noise. I didn't want to wake any other baby up. I I literally climbed into that bed, pulled the quilt over me, and was so frightened to go to sleep. Yeah. And I was just looking at her in the cot next to me thinking, what the hell? What the hell am I what meant to I do? do I remember she started crying about five o'clock in the morning. I was like, I don't even know how to soothe the baby. Yeah. I've got no idea. I know. It's awful, isn't it? And I think the classes can't prepare you for that. And no. as great as they are at talking about, you know, birth this, breastfeeding that, yeah. nothing prepares you for that no. emotional roller coaster of even just the birth itself, yeah. let alone yeah. being the parent after that. Yeah. Um so yeah, I do completely get that. I mean, I was in hospital for a good couple of days afterwards because I was very poor. Yeah. Baby was fine, she wasn't a great feeder, yeah. but she was fine. Yeah. Um, 
you know, visit now was just so rubbish, and he was only allowed in at a certain time. He didn't drive at this point because mm-hmm. we were still, you know, we were only 21, mm-hmm. 22. He didn't drive, so he was getting taxis in and there mm-hmm. or whatever just to be able to come in and see us. What hospital were um, you in? In the women's? I had the women's. Yes. Um, I was originally with Ormsgate yeah. until I was about 38 weeks. And then it come to light that they wouldn't let me have a home birth because I was out of their area. So we lived kind of Walton Kirkdaleways at the yeah. time. And because I was kind of out of Borough, they wouldn't they be able to get home birth. So if it was to be at home, it was to be transferred to, to the women's. So I only moved over to the women's very, very late mm-hmm. in pregnancy. Um, obviously didn't have a midwife that I'd yeah. seen the whole time, that kind of thing. But I wasn't really bothered at that stage. I, I think you're still living in sort of blissful ignorance of what you're what you're about to go through yeah. aren't you and you know if you've kind of i suppose had health appointments in the past or yeah. seen your gp it's never the same person no. No. you get used to it just being whoever yeah wherever yeah um so yeah it was originally ormsgate then went to the women's i don't know i i, I don't know if the experience was the hospital the team myself you know, don't get me wrong, the midwives that worked with us at the time were brilliant, mm-hmm. crossed over shift. Um, there were quite a few kind of earlier on complications in the labour. I got to nine centimetres without an epidural or anything. Didn't know I was nine centimetres. Mm. Kept saying, I just need to go to the loo, need to go to the loo. And the midwife didn't really put two and two together. And I was sat on the loo for ages with my little, you know, pushy thing with yeah. the drip and all that on. Yeah. Um, Got back, they gave me an epidural and then checked me and found out I was pretty much 10 centimetres. But obviously at that point I'd had the epidural. It had been like 40 hours at this stage, I was exhausted. Oh my God. And I almost wish they'd checked me prior. Yeah. It may not have affected the outcome. Babies coming out, whichever way you look at it, aren't they? But if I'd have known, I might have just hung on that little bit longer being mobile, being able to manoeuvre myself. Yeah. Because obviously once you've got an epidural and that's it. That's then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can move to a certain extent. They'll manoeuvre you around and stuff, but you're quite stuck really, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, ended up in a pretty emergency situation. Mm. She was a one-two, so popped her out, quite a lot of blood loss, stuff like that. Um, baby was handed to dad. We just sat there absolutely traumatised <laughs> <laughs> with her in his arms. Um, I passed out after birth mm-hmm. just because of all the meds they'd given yeah. me and stuff like that. I'd been like quite violently ill, um, had a lot of blood loss, blah, blah, blah. Woke up, Dad was still sat there with a baby just wrapped in a towel. So no one had been back in to see him in hours. He didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He, he's a young man who has never even held a baby probably never seen a baby to no. be honest let alone being given one and is expected to know what to do so eventually they came in helped us get dressed took mm. us back to the ward and then as i say I, I was in a couple of days um gave her to the nurses quite a bit to look after because i just mentally more than yeah. physically you know if if your bed's not a cesarean Looking back, you know, mm-hmm. it's quite easy to bounce back from. I know mm-hmm. other people probably wouldn't say mm-hmm. that when you've had stitches or whatever. Um, but yeah, looking back, it, it was very easy to bounce back from physically. Mm. Um, I spent the next three years, I'd say, just in and out of massive, just mm. severe postnatal depression. Yeah. Um, it started at my six week check, so 
Baby was fine. I had quite a lot of reflux. Was very sicky. Carpet was always getting <laughs> on, yeah. you know the kinds of usual yeah. things and the little ailments and stuff. Um, and then at my six-week check, I kind of divulged to the GP how I actually felt about things and said I was having, you know, intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. um, thoughts of harming the baby, yeah. thoughts of harming myself, things like that. Mm-hmm. They obviously escalated that pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, to social services and stuff who had quite a bit of input and support more mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I think when I first got the phone call from the GP saying social services are on the way round, you panic. Yeah. Yeah, because well, you think I'm not doing, I'm think, not doing oh, a good job. Yeah. And that's such a stigma, I suppose, attached to yeah. that job. I don't know, you know, I know quite a few people now who work within the social services kind of remit, and I suppose they're a little bit disappointed sometimes that that, that is, is that perception yeah. of they're going to come and take my child away. Mm. Um, and it's not the case. I mean, they gave as much support as they could at mm. the time, referred me to the right services. Yes helped us at home, you know, I had a really good support mechanism yeah. at home as well. Um, went through the motions really, didn't want baby to sleep on my side of the bed. Mm. My partner basically brought her up yeah. on his own for the first couple of years of her life yeah. and I just wasn't wasn't in the room no. at all. And looking back, it, it's quite emotional, it, yeah. it makes me really sad to kind of just be able to say it like that. Yeah. Given that obviously I've had another baby since and mm. I'm so much more present this time. Mm. But at the time I didn't realise how bad I was, even on medication. Yeah. It it, it was quite severe. Yeah. And what he must have gone through. We've not massively talked about to be honest yeah. since. Um I know obviously how he feels and how he felt and what he did, but it's kind of a bit of an unspoken one. I just mm. Don't know, it brings back memories, I suppose, yeah. that maybe he doesn't want to relive because it's yeah, it's, it's a trauma, isn't it? It's hard, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. you know, men, some men aren't necessarily good with emotions no. and stuff, and he's not necessarily Open. great at yeah. speaking about how he feels. Yeah. Never has been, so I suppose it's difficult for him in that sense. Yeah. But obviously, I just owe him everything yeah. for doing that at yeah. the time. And okay, he's dad. That's what dads do. But I just think it was so much more than just... More than just dad yeah. at that point. Um, obviously, since she was about two or three, really, really managed to kind of come over that hill mm. and get over the other side of it. What she do you think now, was the turning point with that? I don't know. I was on medication the whole time, on antidepressants. Um, obviously, you know, dads or partners have to go back after two weeks, yeah. four weeks you're kind of left alone at home yeah. with a baby aren't you and yeah. it's it's petrifying oh my god horrendous it's like that moment in the hospital yeah all over again times worse yeah. at home because you're just in this empty house yes yeah. wondering what you're doing with this child. i remember thinking how am i going to fill my day yeah yeah how do you keep a baby entertained that yeah. you can't see like yeah. in front of its face you know <laughs> um, yeah yeah so you know dad's go back to work real life kind of kicks in it's lonely yeah it's very lonely yeah I wouldn't be able to tell you what the, the kind of turning point was, mm. whether it was just time, whether it was hormones, whether it was something like scientific, mm. don't know, mm. um, whether it was just bonding with, with the baby, you know. Could have been her age as well, I maybe she's more of a, they come in her own person. They become a person, don't they? Oh my God, yeah. All right, they've got a personality from being a little. Yeah. 
they just become this little person that lives in your home with you and, and that you can talk to <laughs> and that talks back to you yeah yeah and i do possibly then now that we've kind of spoke about it yeah it possibly was an age thing and we've kind of felt the same this time around mm. we've we've come to the conclusion that we're not baby people we quite like toddlers no. yeah but we really like kids when they're like four or five mm. And, you know, Dad's kind of said numerous times, why can't they just come off the phone? And I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you think so? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think a good three years, I'd say, before yeah. I felt comfortable being a mum. A mum, yeah. Um, which is quite sad. It's quite sad I to think have it, missed out on all that time. I think what you're listening to it, though, I think it is sad, but I also think... It's going to serve a purpose in how you parent your daughter now, mm-hmm. moving forward. And also, might not feel, might not have felt like it at the time, but how much that's going to help every other people by talking about it yeah. and being able for other people to go, thank God it's not just me, or yeah. I've, I've, I'm thinking these thoughts and I'm hiding it away from people when yeah. actually it's it's really common. Yeah. It's really quite common. You, know, you go to baby groups when you've got a newborn just because, as you said, you need something to need do. To, you need something to work go towards to getting ready yeah. for council on baby groups or whatever they are and it's almost awkward I suppose isn't it sometimes to a point because you sit in a room with all these other women who possibly all feel the same but they've all got you're all putting a front on yeah everyone puts a front on I just won't say it and then it's like my babies were always the one that were like crying and screaming and sick through all these sessions and I was just mortified at the beginning and I was young you know I was quite naive you know it I suppose it was really difficult and yeah you're right everyone puts a front on and you don't turn up to a baby group and say oh this is what happened in my birth this is how I felt since yeah. how are you doing yeah. it's just kind of like hi hey, okay yeah. happy smiles yeah. and how's baby and also I think like some 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 mums not all mums but some mums view things in a bit of a competitive nature mm-hmm. like it was your baby sleeping through yeah, yeah. and I'm like why are you bothered yeah. doesn't make doesn't doesn't matter just to put it out there my one year old's not sleeping through myself yeah yeah so you yeah. know it just is what it is isn't yeah. it and it, it, sometimes you just dealt those cards where someone's got a baby that's a bit sicker yeah. or yeah. that's small and they're worried about their feeding yeah. or one that's a little bit pounds on the milestones yeah. I suppose I don't know. Do you think it's just because it's something to talk about as well? Probably. More than it being a competitive thing as such. I, what I didn't realise, and this is probably... It seems very obvious now that obviously Bella's here. But a very naive mindset is I didn't realise how all-consuming it is. Because I remember thinking before I had Bella, like social media, like, oh, mumble, bloody hell, shut up. But then when Bella arrived... it's it, though. It... That's it. Yeah. And that it's is your life. Yeah. yeah. And it is your priority, whether you want it to be your priority or not. Yeah. Bringing up that child is your priority. Yeah. So it is your entire life. So now I get it. Yeah. And I also get like every mum that I've ever seen in a supermarket pulling her hair out because their toddler's having a fit on the floor. I used to be like, oh my God, I'd be mortified if that was my child. Now, that is my child. Mm-hmm. I completely get it. Yeah. And I feel like I owe every parent that I've ever probably looked at an in a rude way an apology. Because yeah. I get it. And yeah. there's nothing, it, it doesn't, your parenting or how good of a parent you are bears no weight in those right. situations because every toddler Their does that. is isn't a reflection. No. The majority of the time yeah. on 
what how you bring them up what no. you feed them or anything no. like that you know it kind of yeah they're their own person it's, it's yeah just, yeah um, just testing everything yeah pushing your tea a little bit yeah. all day every day isn't yeah it? but yeah so difficult very difficult i'd say for the first kind of part um really put kind of a dark shadow on what i an amazing experience and it still was an amazing experience especially now when mm-hmm. I look back at it even now at the time it was very much a negative experience yeah. it's massively helped me shape who I am yeah. and us shape who we are as yeah. a couple because obviously for us all we've ever known is children yeah. we weren't a couple that ever got to go on holiday yeah. together or really really knew each other yeah. before we had kids um, but what a sign of strength that is as well though yeah. that is remarkable when you actually think about it and put it like that because of yeah. your age your, your length of relationship prior to falling pregnant and then the relationship post birth yeah I mean she's eight now yeah um little madam <laughs> just my, my little double yeah <laughs> same rolly eyes yeah. everything yeah. don't get me wrong it's been a hard slog yeah. to get yeah I mean we were talking weren't we before we started recording about yeah. like financially yeah yeah as I say, I was in the middle of uni when I got pregnant. Yeah. Um, there were periods where dad didn't work, I didn't work, you know, everything that could be thrown at, at us you. was. Yeah. And you're right, it kind of, it, it made us stronger in the long run, I suppose. Yeah. You know, we, we've been together 10 years now. As I say, we've got another little one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, very difficult periods of my life. For a long time, mm. I felt very guilty about the way I felt. Mm. It was only when I started to come over the other side of that that I realised how important it was to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And not to scare people away, because there are mums, dads out there who have amazing experiences. Lovely pregnancy, lovely birth. Mm. Great kid who never has attention because you won't buy the wellies and the mm. shop. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone has their own experience. Mm. And it's how you, you deal with it yeah. and how it shapes you and yeah. what you do then moving forward yeah. as well. Yeah. But now she, as I say, she's she's a great kid now. Really, really responsible. Um, dead loving, really honest. Such a great big sister. Yeah. I think her relationship with dad is a little bit stronger than it is with mine. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is a reflection on the way that I felt in the beginning. Maybe something that has kind of not stuck the whole time, but every now and then that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but as they do say, you know, daddy's girls kind of yeah. thing. So that's yeah. you know, she's yeah, take your situation out of it. We're very much like sisters, although she's <laughs> only eight yeah. and there's kind of a massive age gap. We are like sisters in yeah. a way. Yeah. And we do clap with yeah. both heads a lot. We do. And then she goes to dad and flutters her Yeah, and, and gets what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is a girl and dad thing, isn't it? So now that's kind of the first one in a nutshell. I know yeah. it's a bit of a negative nutshell in the beginning, I suppose, but you know, it's what it is. So after that pregnancy and that experience, how were you frightened of having another baby? Were you we apprehensive? Spoke about it early on. I mean, I've got. I used to work with a lady who had three under three. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, of families out there that have all the babies close together. Yeah. In the ideal world, I'd have loved another baby close between me and my sister as a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and although you fight with your sister, 
it ends up being a great relationship yeah. with the older. Um, in the ideal world, I would have had another one pretty soon afterwards, mm-hmm. but mentally it was a whole other yeah. story. I was petrified of having a birth like that again, yeah. kind of for starters. Yeah. Um, I was obviously petrified of the postnatal depression rearing its head again mm. next time. There's loads of statistics out there, isn't that, about how much more likely it is that you're going to have it again if you've had it previously. previously. Um, so, yeah, I think very tentative about having more children. Um, we got to the point where we had a discussion about it and I kind of got to the point where I, I wouldn't have minded if we didn't have another one. Yeah. But at the same time, I did want... Another one. One more. Yeah. There's just a bit of an ache that you get, I suppose, yeah. that you've got a bit of a gap that needs to be filled. Yeah. Um, as I say, early on, I would have been happy to not have any more. Yeah. Just wanted my body back. Yeah. Wanted my life back. You start yeah. to get sleep back and yeah. stuff like that. Um, obviously, we've got quite a, a big age gap. There's a seven-year age gap between them. So we, we kind of have got our life back. Yeah. You know, I'd bring babysitters. She'd yeah. Like, oh, yes, we'd be able to go on date nights yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then chose to do it all again. But yeah, definitely had a massive impact on that decision early on. Yeah. Um, it took a lot of discussion to look at another one. And it wasn't as much of an easy ride the second time. No. You know, nearly a decade older. Yeah. Takes its toll on your body a little bit more. Yeah. Mindset was very different yeah. this time. Um, gender of the baby was different as well. So yeah. we had a boy this time. Yeah. Which I do think massively helped because it made me look at it as a new experience yeah. rather than yeah. a replicated experience of, of what you've been through. Time. But at the same time, weirdly... I still think birth is an amazing... It's unbelievable, thing. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And both of my experiences have been rubbish, to be honest. <laughs> to I was going to say, how was birth with... with... Yeah. Um, they've both been rubbish. Yeah. But I still appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Now. Yeah. This time round. Looking back. Um, and it is, it's, it's amazing. So did you have your little boy at the women's? No, so I went to Ormsgate this time. Okay. Um, he was proven to be a lot bigger. You could see it in my bum pictures, he was a lot bigger. I put on quite a lot of weight between having both kids. Mm. Um, so I was bigger anyway, but my bump was a lot bigger. Um, I was having regular growth scans and stuff because I've got kind of history with, with other things medically. Mm. Um, so they were estimating him to be about £10 when he was born. Mm. Now my little sister had a little boy during lockdown, he's two and a half now. Mm. Her first baby, he was £9.12. Wow. And he was out in three pushes. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. Yeah. Whereas obviously my first was 7 12. Mm. So she wasn't massive, mm. but she was back to back. Yeah. So they say that makes it a little more bit difficult. They go like over the hill, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, so when they told me £10, I was like, oh. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. How am I getting wow. £10 out? I kind of like didn't believe it at first. It didn't feel like a £10 baby. Like, no. you know your own body. Yeah. I'd been pregnant for. I wasn't full of baby. That wasn't a yeah. full baby belly. Yeah. That was a couple of roast dinners. And they were adamant every time I saw the midwife that he was huge. Um, but That's quite frightening as well. 
for the medical people to be saying that yeah to you and they kind of have almost protocol you know birth in the uk is very medicalized yeah. isn't it yeah you know you're not often left alone free birth home birth isn't very popular no a lot of inductions happen. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of reading around it to be done. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Do you know, I was booked for my induction before I'd even got to 40 weeks. How ridiculous is that? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they've got, like, a free day and they go, oh, yeah. let's get some out My midwife, stuff. yeah, she texted me to say, I'll book you in <clears throat> for your induction in case you're not. issues or anything? Nothing. More of a time frame. If you go over that. Uh, yeah, so I was, I think I was about, I'd had a sweep at 39 weeks and two days, and she said you want to me to dilate, so you're technically in slow labour. Um, Nothing can happen. And she just said to me, I'll book you in for you. You could have had baby an hour later, and you could have got another three weeks. But at the time, I was like, oh, okay, because yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of what I thought was meant to happen. It's naivety, I think. Oh my it? God, so complete it's... naivety. And you put your trust your absolute trust in yeah. them because you think they do this every yeah, day. Medical professionals, yeah. they know what they're talking they about. They know what they're talking about. And I think some of it's fear as well. Like, yeah. no matter how comfortable and confident you are with your body's abilities, mm. there's a lot of scaremongering out there. You know, the risk is still there after four to two weeks. Although it's real, when you actually read into it, it's very, very minute. Very minute. And I think they, they put a lot of fear into you as a young woman who's yeah. never had a baby before. Yeah. Who doesn't know a lot about your body, also they think they put a lot of fear into yeah. you that you shouldn't go past this point, yeah. or yeah. okay, you've got a big baby, let's get them out ASAP. They were really, really pushy with me this, yeah. the second time yeah. because they were quite adamant he was big. I completely appreciate, you know, they, they talk to you about shoulders associated and yeah. stuff like that and the risks. I wasn't willing to have home birth with me second petrified yeah. the, the same thing happening again i can imagine yeah um but a lot more at one with my body i suppose yeah without that sound trusting yourself a bit more yeah. yeah because i knew the first time i needed the toilet so to speak yeah and had that age i kept saying to my husband i feel like i need a poo yeah and the midwife so my waters are gone at exactly two o'clock this is ten past two so i feel like i need a poo i need to push and my husband said to the midwife can you just Give Amber, um, can you just check her again? She had no love, I can't check her for another four hours because of infection. Don't want to cause an infection. And she said, literally looked at the woman and said, I know my wife, she won't be in this position in four hours because this baby will be born. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. And Bella was born an hour and a half later. And I'm just thinking, like, they just don't, they don't trust you by I also felt a massive appreciation for my body and being able to follow my instinct yeah, yeah. in that moment. And I knew... This is what people mean yeah. when they say, when you know oh, you yeah. need to push, you know you need to push. I just to push. Sit on the toilet. Yeah. I, but I couldn't sit down. Okay. I couldn't sit down. I stayed stood up. Right Every time I sat down, I felt like lightning crutch. Yeah. And I was like, I remember literally between contractions, just resting my bum on the bed and I could feel it coming and I'd literally hoik myself back yeah. up and stay at home my hands again just to breathe through it and then sit back down. But I couldn't sit down. What pain relief did you have? Nothing. Nothing? No. Nothing. But I think I did a lot of research and I did a um, hypno course um, because meditation affirmations works for me anyway Mm -hmm. and I'd I'd practised it before falling pregnant and I just loved how scientific the course was. So it spoke through the early stages, so uh, early labour. 
it spoke through four centimetres to ten centimetres what exactly your uterus was doing, what it should feel like, how you'll recognise that, what breathing to do at this point, what breathing to do at that point, what breathing to do to birth the baby. And I just felt like maybe it's because I've got a dancer's brain, I don't know, I just felt like it was choreographed. So I was kind of looking for those signs and then when I'd feel it, I'd I'd literally be able to go, okay, that's that, take that off, I must be at this point into the next bit that's yeah isn't it? that really really helped me stay really calm yeah. and i remember at one point that because i had a trainee midwife and a midwife and the trainee midwife actually laughed because steve was in my face going calm calm breathe and i said to him stop shouting at me and he's like oh i'm really sorry because he obviously he must have <laughs> yeah. been trying to help me yeah. through it yeah yeah and it was it, it helped me stay a lot calmer yeah and yeah i, I had to say it's just on the way and you know, looking back now, they say that that's one of the best places to birth is facing backwards on the toilet. On the toilet, it just makes you sit in the right position. But they've got those seats, haven't they, that look like a toilet with nothing in yeah. for you to give birth on? Yeah. But I said to stay. I think next time, if I'm completely honest, I'm frightened of having a water birth next time because of what happened to yeah. Bella. I don't think it would happen again. No. It may not. It was just what Bella did when yeah. she was born. But I think to it, if I can take a an option to eliminate that possibility then I will do yeah. if I have another baby yeah. um, but I think either stood up or sat in that position yeah. would be ideal so yeah. I completely understand what I you spent mean. a lot of the time prior to the epidural sat on the bed yeah. and I just remember the noises I was making it was like I was some sort of like animal living in the rainforest I remember saying to Steve like I'm mooing yeah yeah Exactly. It's the weirdest it's thing, isn't it? You'd never ever make in like real life. And you can't control like it. No. It just, it just happens. happens. It just happens. And it's just amazing the way your body knows if you're gonna have a contraction. Yeah. So once I'd had the epidural, the only way I knew I was having a contraction was kind of on the outside. So the put my hands on my belly. So you know, the way that you end up when you have an epidural tends to be feeding syrups on your back. And it's wrong, really. It's the worst place to give birth, isn't it? It is, but yeah. it's just so set in the way that they teach midwives yeah. that, yeah. you know, since I've had my second, I followed a lot of Instagram pages, yeah. a lot of accounts yeah. that were very kind of pro-free birth, yeah. um, very much leave alone unless yeah. there's a reason to, yeah. to, to not. Um, and it, it's so interesting. As I say, I love reading stuff like that. You know, if I'm in the bath, get loads of stuff like that I've mm. had a really good read you mm. said you listen to podcasts yeah. I'm, I'm very much more of a reader yeah. Yeah. I prefer to kind of have it on paper or on you know the screen or mm-hmm. whatever um, it's so interesting and it's you know it's what your body is supposed to do, to do. without these interventions yeah. and don't get me wrong there's need for interventions sometimes mm. you know big babies can get stuck, yeah. for example, and I do appreciate that. Yeah. But then when I watched the video of my little sister, because that was during COVID, so yeah. one of us were allowed, allowed to go there, so Dad took a video incentive to, to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the poor girl. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's amazing. Yeah. She had an epidural as well, I think, yeah. at the time. But honestly, three bushes, he like helped them, so he like, swam out. He crawled out. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, and he was a, a bigger baby. He was a very I think I was baby. 9, 12. Nine pounds ten, and nine ten I was when I was born. Yeah. So they were estimating a little boy to be ten pounds, which didn't scare me. Mm. I thought I'd be petrified, thinking, oh, but I think because I knew he wasn't that big. Yeah. 
I wasn't scared, yeah. but instantly, so I, I was under consultants for like the other health conditions. Yeah. They'd signed me off towards the end because they were very happy mm. with how things had gone. Mm. Went in from the last growth scan, and she said, "When did you last see your consultant?" And I said, "Oh, they signed me off." She went, "Uh uh-uh, uh, you're going back to them." And I was like, "Why?" Because babies trending off the chart now and I was like oh come on like I'm so close to the end mm. they're quite happy she was like no sorry it's policy blah 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 so was referred back to a consultant mm. um who was very very pushy about wanting baby out early so my due date for my second I lost my nan when I was 16 oh. and my due date for my second would have been her birthday oh how gorgeous so from the minute we found out we were pregnant and had that very early scan and that date come out it was just perfect yeah. it was like it was meant to be yeah. just such a nice kind of touch yeah. um i didn't have a clue whether i'd go on that day i went two weeks over with my first mm. but then again because my first wasn't planned dates can be a bit squiff can't mm-hmm. whereas with, with, our, with our second we kind of knew the dates a little bit more so it probably was very yeah. accurate um but yeah, he, he was trending quite big on the chart, very, very pushy from the outset. And I'm not kind of sitting here like, you know, dissing the hospital or anything like that. They have their policies, mm-hmm. they have what they follow for a reason. Yeah. So it was, let's get you in for a sweep, let's do this, let's do that. These are your options. I went in for an appointment and the consultant came to see me and was basically like, we'd recommend you either have a section or come in and get a sweep done a week before your due date, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. Mm. And they were like, what? And I was like, no. Well, we need you to sign something then to say. I was like, I will sign whatever you want me to sign. Mm -hmm. I want to give my body chance to see if it can do it on its own this time. Um, So I went up until the weekend before my due date. And then I did go in and have a sweep. Now, I know they say that's form of induction, don't mm. they? But he was big. He was big. <laughs> I was struggling the second time. It was big. I had another child at home. Yeah. I was, you know, kind of to and from where this was during COVID, so I was working from home a yeah. little bit at the time as well. Um, so, yeah, went in for a sweep the weekend. I was due on the Monday. Went in for a sweep on the Friday or the Saturday, I think it was, the Friday. Started contract on the Saturday. And had contractions every five minutes all weekend, mm. and I just couldn't do it anymore. I went in twice on the Sunday. You're two centimeters. You're three centimeters. Made me poor dad take me back. Um, That's the worst bit, isn't it? Sunday, I was in the car, like having contractions. It's horrific. Dad's like wondering what he can talk yeah. to me about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my partner yeah. was fine. Been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. He just knew to get us to the hospital yeah. as quick as he could because yeah. the car ride so uncomfortable. The worst Whereas journey. Poor dad. Must have been traumatised. God love him. And mums, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of are there for yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But dad's just tense. No. Especially when you're when it's their daughter yeah. as well. They don't yeah. want to see that. No, they've, they've got, got no idea. That, but I had no one else to take that no. to the hospital at the time because it was like very early hours of the morning. So poor dad dropped me off to the hospital, went in, was still only three centimetres. But I said, look, I'm not leaving here without any more pain relief. Like, no. you sent me home if I see tomorrow. It's just not working. It's ridiculous, that, isn't it? But there's loads of statistics yeah. there to show that it doesn't even work yeah. in the labour. So yeah. it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically refused to go home at this point. Mm. I didn't want to be in hospital. I wanted to be at home. But I just didn't trust my body enough after the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I ended up staying in. One of the other consultants comes to check me and basically said, 
you're very, very nearly four centimetres. Um, your waters are right there. There's no one on a delivery suite. So we can take you through. And there genuinely wasn't. They weren't oh, okay. that. Yeah. It just happened to be a really quiet, quiet night. Early morning. Yeah. Um, and I kind of was just at this point, I was exhausted. It had been all weekend. And one part of me, I had like the angel and the devil on yeah. my shoulders. And one of them was going, now. Mm. you want to do this naturally. Go home. See how you go. And the other part of me was like, just get it. Just get it, yeah. Just get it out. Yeah. He's going to be big. I'm going to end up back here anyway. I might yeah. as well just stay well on here. Yeah. So, ended up, they gave me a couple, they broke the waters, gave me a couple of hours to go by myself and I just wasn't budging. Mm. And I just had this feeling that he was stuck. I just kind of knew it from the first time. Um, ended up coming in, offering me the, the drip mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and instantly I asked for an epidural. And I think looking back, that's probably the only decision I was a little bit upset with myself about. Mm. And it was fear. Yeah. It was very much fear of the pain yeah. <laughs> from the first time. Birth's yeah. painful. Birth is horrific. <laughs> Absolutely horrific. I've watched all these videos, I've watched all these glorious births, all these like orgasmic births yeah. and all this. Yes. My body is just not meant to do that. It wasn't happening. It's even, <laughs> you know, um, I asked for the epidural pretty much straight away. I do wish I'd have given myself time on the drip with that mobility of the ball, walking around the room, being able to get a shower. But it was what it was. By that point, like, my partner had come. He was asleep in the chair, you know, doing the really hard work, as (laughs) I do. The first time he got a pizza delivered, his brother called and brought him food. So he went and sat downstairs and had a takeaway. Hilarious. Um, So, yeah. Drip on, epidural. It was one of them epidurals where you can still move a little. Okay. So it wasn't a full block like yeah. it was the first time. I could like sit myself up on the bed, turn myself over and move That's around. Good. So it was really yeah. it was really good. Um they were very fast. I'd said to them, Can I have the epidural? I think can I be waiting two hours? I think part of it is why I asked so early is because Because the wait yeah. previously if the wait can be long, hours, can't it? Yeah. Because if they're in the theatre or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And he was in like that. And I was just like, Oh, yeah. I was tempted to ask him to come back in like half an hour just so I could see how it went. But anyway, um, they kept trying to line me back when they were like checking me and stuff, and I just had this awful pain kind of down low on the right. And looking back now, it was baby's head because he never engaged. Okay. But I couldn't figure out what it was, yeah. and I was like, I've had an epidural. Why am I feeling this pain? Thick pain. Yeah. And it must have just been the position that they were putting me in and stuff. So, long story short, it ended in, I went past my lovely due date, mm. I was devastated because mm. I'd explained to yeah. them like, what it meant and stuff like that, so it got to like early hours the next morning and the consultant come back and basically said, look, your blood pressure's really up, yeah. gave me some medication for that, and then they kind of said, baby's not massively distressed, but you're not getting past five centimetres, yeah. nothing's happening. Um, so at that point, I just went section me to get them out. <laughs> yeah. I've had enough, it's been like four days yeah, now. Yeah. I just want to know. Yes. Yeah. We kind of discussed that this was our last baby. So I kind of wanted a different experience yeah. for the first time, knowing that I'm not going to do, do it. Do it again. But when you're in that place, your mindset's different, yeah. isn't it? To what plan you had before. The plan goes straight out the window. You write it out all neat on the paper that they My midwives didn't even friggin' look at it. Not once. To, to the point where we didn't know what we were having. And I'd written down that 
dad was going to tell me whether it was a boy or a girl and the student midwife ruined it. Mm. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I remember thinking... Were you devastated? I was distraught because I wanted Steve to tell me. I wanted him to say, this is... And I said to him, if it's a girl, because we had two names, he can name her. And he can can introduce the baby to me with whatever name he wants for the girl or the name we chosen for the boy. And she ruined it. Absolutely ruined it. Excitement th- yeah. probably took over, but that doesn't change the experience th- for you, does it? No, it doesn't, but I think it was also because, now I was saying no, it was Bella, but she wasn't responding. Okay. So she was trying to tell me. Because yeah. everyone, everyone I'd spoken to about a water birth said, leave the baby, it floats yeah. up itself. Right. Well, I they, the woman, I can't remember her name, but the, the student midwife said to me, um, Amber, she's here, she's here, pick her up. And I was so like, what the hell? Yeah. And the only thing I could think of at the time was, I wanted delayed call camping, and it couldn't happen because she had to get cut and, yeah. and whisked well, off. Yeah. And the student midwife had a towel over her, trying to rub her back, but it kept slipping off in the water. And all I could think of at the time was, why are you trying to put that towel over her? Because it's, we're in water. Yeah. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And my husband got that flustered when they asked him to push the emergency button, that he pushed the wrong button. And then the midwife said, no, the other one. And then that's when this friggin' huge alarm bell went off. She was whisked off. And all I remember thinking was, now I could see the fear in his face, but it wasn't registering with me as to how, what what was happening really. All I remember thinking was, one, wow, I'm glad that's over. And two, I'm so annoyed. I am so annoyed that I couldn't even look at the student midwife. And they were going, you've done really well, you've done really well. She's she's out and I remember thinking, just fucking stop talking to me because you've just ruined this after 40 weeks of me going, I won't find out because I want my husband to tell me. Yeah. Didn't either have you find out? No. So you didn't like No one knew. No one knew. I mean, to be fair, it was the, the, the kind of silver line in a way was that we had two names for a girl. So I still didn't know who this yeah. baby was at this point, so if that makes it. So he, yeah. he, he, when they brought him back in, he said to me, this is Bella. Aww. And he'd chosen Bella's name. Yeah. So we, we still had that moment, which I was you grateful for. Yeah, I wanted to go to her, just fuck off. You've just ruined what I've waited 40 Aww. weeks for. No, that's... Yeah. But it, I think it was just done for her out of... She was doing it out I of fear because yeah, yeah. she was... And she was... Although there was a main midwife there, I don't like to use that term, but a, a midwife and a student midwife. She, the student midwife, was what was guiding me through everything. Yeah. She was doing fifteen-minute monitoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the the midwife who said to my husband at ten past two, "I can't do it again. You're gonna have to wait four hours." She said to the student midwife, um, "Just just check Amber's check Amber and see how she's getting on." And the student midwife went, "There's a head. There's a head out." And she's like, "Oh my god." So I think it was just because Bella was also classed as rapid delivery, which is why she had a load of problems after birth with feeding. I think because it did happen so yeah. fast, maybe the student midwife had never... Had a I don't... Job. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea. But I still class my birth as straightforward, positive. Yeah. I'd do it again, but it was horrendous yeah. pain-wise, but I'd do it again because I yeah. feel like I got through it. Yeah. But there's just that slight sour. Yeah. And it's, it's not even the resus- Bella getting resuscitated. 
because I don't think I've actually processed what happened yeah. fully at that point. I think if you asked my husband, it'd be Sometimes completely different. Sometimes you can see it as well. No, I know. Like, yeah. you know, for me, I was too busy, like, to sit up with a woman elbow deep into me, yeah. blood blood clots and yeah. on the floor kind yeah. of thing. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It was my mum's face, more yeah. than anything. Yeah. And it's other people's reactions that then scare you, you. or comfort you. Yeah. Or, so, like, the second yeah. time when it ends in a section... I have a really bad reaction every time I get an epidural and I get these weird shakes. Yeah. Literally right down to my teeth. Oh wow. I can't explain it. Everything just like judders. Yeah. And I've always said to them, is this normal? As I'm like, oh. Yeah. And they always go, sometimes people just, just get that. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. As soon as I take the epidural, well, if it stops. And it's, it happened the first time. I wonder time. if it's like a, ner- a nerve thing. It happened first time, happened second time. I just remember when I had my section, even though I'd said to them, section me. Get out, mm. cut me open, take my sunroof kind mm. of thing. Um, obviously, you, you like I went in first, although it was my choice, they still classed it as kind of a semi emergency because mm-hmm. my blood pressure was rising and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, Dad's not allowed in until kind of just as they're getting baby out, so they do all the prep and stuff in theatre. Now, I don't know if this is the same if you have like a planned section. It also might have been COVID. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we didn't have to wear a mask. When we were in our room, yeah. we were allowed to be maskless. Yeah. There was a lot of fuss before about the COVID tests yeah. and things, but we'd had COVID when I was 34 weeks. So I had it when I was 17 weeks pregnant, and then I had it again in 34 oh, weeks. So because we'd had it in a, a period before birth, we they didn't were have right to prove that we were negative or yeah. anything like that. So um, antibody kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I just remember looking up, so the anaesthetist was standing kind of behind my head. Yeah. I just remember looking up at her at one point and I could just read her face all over, even though she had a mask on because yeah. obviously we were doing theatre yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I was like, what's, is everything okay? And she was like, yeah. But you and know it's I was not. Thinking, you're lying to me, yeah. you're lying to me, 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 you're lying you know, I'm in the best hands if something is going wrong, yeah. but what the fuck's going, going on? on? Like, why is no one telling you? No, they don't speak to you. They have music on. Yeah. They were talking amongst themselves behind the curtain. The anaesthetist doing what she's doing at this end. But no one speaks to you. I had a student midwife. She was quite, she was an older lady. Mm. She'd gone and done things. Had her family come back. The best midwife I'd ever had. She came over and she held my hand at the exact time that I needed someone to yeah. hold my hand. I yeah. was petrified. Yeah. I was on my own because my partner wasn't in the room yeah. yet. Um, and she, it was almost just like she had this intuition she just that knew. I just like needed a mum. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm 30, but I still needed just, a mum. Yeah. I just needed yeah. someone there. Yeah. And she was that person. Yeah. And I, I gave her some like feedback afterwards and she, she just, she's going to be the best midwife. Yeah. The whole way through, she was tremendous. And it was, it was not about like the medical side of things. She was so much more than that, yeah. like emotionally yeah. and stuff. But I just remember looking at this anaesthetist and she just looked like something awful was going on. Um, I mean, the experience with the section was also equally as disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm. I, whatever they give you to stop you from bleeding makes me vomit every time. So I was bleeding out. They gave me this injection. So I've got this pain in my chest. She was like, it's probably just heartburn. And I was like, it's not heartburn. It's sick. I ain't sick ball. I ain't sick ball. Because the first time, no one had got a sick ball to me quick enough. And I just vomited everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was like the whole clean up afterwards. So I was like fully prepared that I was being sick. Yeah. So handed me a bowl. I was like trying to be sick to the side. Yeah. Lying on my back. Yes. Yeah. I've heard this. It's horrendous, stuff. isn't it? And then because I'd been sick, 
you, you kind of crunch, I yeah. suppose, don't you? You So, um, apparently they told me afterwards, my intestines had come out on the table because I'd gone, oh, sick. But I didn't know this at the time. God. And I'd read about like sections and how, how long they take and yeah. what the procedure is. And I was looking at the board that was telling us what time we were in there. And I was thinking, bloody hell, I've been in here a long time. Like, baby's been out, dad's got baby. They took dad out the room eventually with baby while they fixed me. Yeah. And I was in there for ages. Like, a lot a longer long than the book says. Yeah. <laughs> so, kind of thing. Um, and obviously that's why there yeah. were, like, quite a few complications and stuff. And then as soon as you're done, they literally whip the epidural out as they would, like, take yeah, you yeah. back into recovery. Yeah. And that's it then. You just yeah. kind of... I could instantly, the minute they took the epidural out, the pain was horrific. Yeah. Especially yeah, if your intestines had just come oh, out. Yeah, everything's just come really? out. It's all been shoved back in. Yeah. No speed way. It's been oh, shoved back in. Oh god. You know, it's major surgery anyway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then you're taken into recovery. They had my midwife in there watching me, kind of monitor and stuff, just because of how mm. things have gone in surgery and stuff. Um, and I just remember not being able to stay awake, and I kept saying to her, "Is it normal that I can't stay awake? Like I'm really worried I'm going to fall asleep and like." Not yeah. Because yeah. kind of I was so drowsy. Yeah. It must have just been a combination of everything. Yeah. You know, the time, the pain that you've been in, what you've just been through. But I was just really kind of anxious just mm. about how I was feeling at that yeah. moment. And my partner was taking pictures of us and stuff because I didn't get pictures from the face or anything just because of the experience. Mm. Um, and then you wheel back to the ward. And literally, as soon as you can feel your legs again, they're like, right, up you go, go there's your baby, yeah. you know, go yeah. to your screen, mark your breathing choices, kind of thing. And I was just like, wow, like, you've just ripped a baby out of my belly, you stitched me back up. Um, yeah. like, I, I don't know where yeah. I am or what's going on, yeah. and you're forcing me into the shower. Yeah. Like, give me a bloody minute. Yeah. Um, Looking back, I was very grateful for that because it gets you back Get on you your up feet and out. a yeah. lot quicker. But wow, the recovery time yeah. from a C-section. Yeah. It's just like nothing you've ever imagined. How often is it that people say, oh, just have a section, two portions yeah. portion yeah. all this, and you see like celebrities who have had a section and the next day they've got like... The hair done, the, yeah. The lashes on and yeah. all that, and it is not like no. that. No, Wow. I was up, the, so Ben and I were in for two days and every other mum and baby in there with C-section, right. mums and babies. But I remember hearing, overhearing the midwives talking, mum was a student midwife and mum was um, like a sister on the ward, about them saying, we, we aim to get them out within 24 hours. And I remember thinking, fucking hell, major surgery mm-hmm. and a baby, like the two things together. And it was like one of the women, I've never, I've never met anyone like her. I remember saying to see like, to this day, I can still see her face because she was absolutely tiny. But my God, she was absolutely fierce. Like she just said, "No, up you get, off you get." Like she, she meant business. And um, she said to the girls, "Like we're going to take catheter out now. You're going to go in the shower. You need to waste so much in this bucket. Leave it in the start." I remember thinking, "How are they? How are these women doing all that?" And it was this one girl, God love her. She must have been about twenty, twenty-one, and the baby. Then that first poo. What's it called? Maconium, is it? I think it's Maconium. It's like black. Yeah, it's like, it's like tar, yeah. isn't it? Well, the baby had done that first. Yeah. Poo. 
And she would just literally just went to the midwife, I'm really sorry, can you help me? Because I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. And I also thought, I'm so glad you've just said that because I, I, I haven't got a clue. Yeah. But I also felt like I couldn't ask yeah. the midwife. And the midwife was like, yeah, I'll help you. And to credit to the midwife, she did. She helped her and she helped her dress and everything because the girl was still, or oh, could hardly move. Mm-hmm. But um, I, the amount of times I had to help the girls or like they'd put the baby on the other side of the bed from yeah. where they could get out. But I think, I wonder if they do that purpose, they do that really. on purpose. So you have to get yeah. up. Yeah. So the th- when I had my first, I was obviously on a ward, and they don't, it's sections, mm. it's, it's vaginal birth, it's yeah. everything all on one. Yeah. We had a lady on ours whose baby was in intensive care, yeah. so she was on the ward, but baby wasn't. Yeah. And a lot of the women who had C-sections weren't getting out of bed to pick the baby up. So no. we were talking eight years ago, mm. midwives would come, they buzz, midwives would come, give the baby to them, breastfeed or whatever, and then the midwife put it back. It was not like that. No. It was babies crying. Get, get up and sort it out. Yeah. Need to feed them on this time, this time, this time. Yeah. It was ruthless. Yeah. Uh, I remember sitting in the bed with Bella, thinking, "This is ab." I I remember thinking, if I can avoid a section ever, yeah. I will yeah. because this is ruthless. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I had so the surgeon that I had used this like uh, plaster. I want to say dressing, mm. and it had like a drain in it as well. Yeah. So it'd like suck out all of my shoes yeah. and stuff. So I had to carry that round in my pocket because it was still attached to me. Obviously, dad got sent home, was yeah. only allowed in. Because we had another child this time, he was nowhere near as flexible yeah. to come in for visiting yeah. time. So I was very much more on my own this time. Yeah. A lot more mentally prepared for that. Yeah. Um, but there was one lady who just would leave her and leave her baby crying all the time on her phone. And I was just thinking, bloody hell, love pick your kids up, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm milking you, yeah. you know, every time you're he cries, I'm, I'm yeah. milking you, yeah. like, you, need to, you can't stay yeah. in hospital forever, like, no. you've got to go home, yeah. and you know what, I think at the time, you're a bit traumatised by the way they are, like, ship up, ship out kind yeah. of thing, but when you finally get home, you realise that it's been that for a reason, yeah. because you've got stairs to get up, yeah. you've got to get in and out the car, they're pushing the pram, yeah. yeah. You're picking up a baby to breastfeed or yeah. to feed or however you're doing it, you know. Yeah. You you're washing bottles, your partner goes back to work. Yeah. Within two in my head I had right, he's got eleven more days off now. Yeah. I have got to be back on my feet. I was adamant I was gonna be driving mm. by the time you went back to work. <laughs> I got back in a car I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I got back in a car after three weeks mm. just to test out he's got an automatic so we tried it yeah. just because it was less easier like, yeah. you know clutchy kind of thing um still horrific couldn't mm. do it but definitely push myself too soon. much yeah but i almost kind of had in my head he's back to work i haven't got as much support as i had the first time yeah people still wear mm-hmm. you know they've got other kids i have got to just get up mm. and take my other kid to school yeah look after this baby clean the house and he was an absolute star mm. The house was spotless. He'd like feed me, he'd shower me. Mm. Like being a grown woman and having someone shower you. Yeah. Alright, it's your partner. It's, but it's years. still different, but isn't it? In the hospital, yeah. Having someone else like change your nappy because you oh. can't reach down and pull your own nappy up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love those nappies. I took them home and wore them for weeks. I wore them. I wore them till I stopped bleeding after birth. And I've said to my sister-in-law, she hasn't got any kids, but we were talking about like 
the reality of pregnancy and yeah. things about pregnancy that people don't tell you about, things about birth and all that kind of stuff. And I remember saying to her, I didn't know that you can bleed after birth for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't common knowledge. I had no idea. Um, and it was only for the fact that um, a friend of my husband was pregnant at the same time as me, but she was three weeks behind me. And she said to me, have you got, um, what are you going for, for after birth? Are you going for the, like, the pull-ups, like the adult pull-ups? Or are you going to go for the maternity pads? And I was like, oh, well, I don't know, probably just do a few pads, and then by the time I get out, I'll be all right. And she was like, no, Amber, it like, lasts a yeah, while, love. Yeah. Like, it, it lasts a bit longer than yeah. that. And I was like, all right, okay, how how long are we talking? She said, well, most people, about two two weeks, yeah. three weeks. And I said, oh, okay. And then I, I naively thought... That that didn't happen if you had a C-section. It yeah um, yeah I suppose when you look at it like that mm-hmm. I never thought about it like I'd experienced birth before it just was what it was yeah that was the process yeah you bleed you know with your face because it was vaginal bled couple of weeks sat on one of little donut things yeah had a few stitches got over it yeah was walking again the next yeah. day could have driven yeah could have gone on partying you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. After a section, it's almost different because it's like you've got this wound to care for, yeah. which gets irritated and infected so, so easily. easily because it's just right there where your neck is rubbed or mm. your pants rubbed. Mm. Um, I had quite a lot of trouble after him. Um, I bled for about 12 weeks in total. Oh, God. And it was like massive clots. I was back to hospital, yeah. you know, a few complications and stuff. Nothing that kind of was, was major. Mm. But yeah, I just wore those nappies for weeks. Cause They're good, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking, I'm so glad she told me to get these. Because yeah. they were a lifesaver. Yeah. Mine were the ones that you wear if you're like an old lady. Yeah. Mine, mine were black tenor ladies. I think yeah. they were. Yeah. Well, I, used to, I mean, you used, to have to, you used to have to help me pull them up yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And I was just thinking, do you know what? You've seen things that other people don't see. Like, it really doesn't matter anymore. No. Pull me nappy up for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm grateful that we had a downstairs toilet in our yeah. house because yeah. the thought of the stairs yeah. to go for a week had yeah. probably been the one that was No, but it is. The bleeding from a section is just different. I don't mm. know. I can't even explain. How, oh, how or why? It just is. Yeah. And because I was kind of almost bent over like a little old lady for mm. a while, the fear. It's of the standing fear up straight. It's a section of, yeah, standing up, ripping that scar yeah. open. Like you cough. I've never oh. been so petrified to cough. Yeah. Or to sneeze. Yeah. In all my life. I remember someone saying, like, a, uh, it was in a podcast I was listening to, but it was from a different surgery, but they had a hernia removed, and how they were so petrified of coughing and sneezing, sneezing, their body must have taken on that fear, and they, they didn't cough, or they didn't sneeze. Ever again? For that length of time, until they were recovered, <laughs> because they were so frightened, but yeah. they thought, like, maybe, basically, they did a bit of research into it, and that's how your brain can look after you right, okay. in a way that yeah i mean i'd have blown my head off by holding in a sneeze before yeah. i'd have let my body go <laughs> yeah because i was absolutely petrified. terrified and then when i took me we took my dressing off at home my partner did it and i was like desperate to look at the scar i mean i'm not bothered mm. physically it is what it is mm. it's a scar mm. i know some people are quite paranoid about mm. things like that doesn't bother mm. me what it looked like I couldn't believe it. it was like six inches long, that's it. Like a whole baby came out of that scar. Yeah, I had only that long. That yeah. Because he looked at it and he went, oh my God. And I was thinking, what, is someone hanging out of it? Like, what, <laughs> is it green? What's going on? 
and he was like, it's tan and it's so neat, it's yeah. so straight. Yeah. Given that, you know, the, the tugging and the pulling and everything, I can't believe how like, perfect yeah. it is. I mean, even like when you get like a little infection in and stuff, yeah. you think, oh, it's going to like... Go up, yeah, become yeah, awful. But yeah, it's, wow. it's pretty, pretty long. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's good. So yeah, he was quite shocked by that. I think he expected to pull the plaster back and there was just going to be like a mess of like... A chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. And like goo and mm, yeah. stuff. But there wasn't, it was mm. really good. Yeah. Um... So yeah, like same same happened this time with when I come out. Obviously because of my history, yeah. mental health wise, yeah. there was a lot more input from like the midwife yeah. and health visitor this time. My health visitor's great. Mm. I really love her. We just we proper like vibe together. Yeah. She's just so down to earth. She she's coming out to see me in a few weeks still, even though the baby's one, because she wants to keep me on just yeah. to check. Um, I'd say this time things have been so much better mentally. Yeah. I've had a few wobbles. Yes. However, we've been very sleep deprived this time. Mm. I mean, I don't remember the first time how she slept because yeah. I wasn't present yeah. in that that experience. Yes. He's a horrible sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, babies. I know they're not meant to sleep. They wake up. It's a it's a mechanism to keep them alive and mm-hmm. things like that. But wow, he's one next week, and I'd say. We've only just started getting okay sleep in the past eight weeks, and that's because I've been to like a sleep therapist, and we've done a little bit of lax yeah. sleep training with them. Yeah, things aren't great, yeah. but we're definitely getting by a bit more now. Yeah. Because before we were getting maybe three hours a night broken. Wow. Three hours a night. Yeah. Um, we've always been the type of family that didn't want baby in our bed. Just yeah. personal preference. Yeah. There's so much. You know, for co-sleeping, there's a lot of things against co-sleeping. Mm. I know quite a lot of people who just have all the kids in the bed, mm. and it's like one big happy family bed. Mm. We're just too selfish, I suppose, with our sleep. And maybe that's, you know, why is my kids if you're selfish with your sleep? It, they're not kids that don't sleep forever. No, they? no, they definitely grow out of it, don't they? Bella is, Bella's a good sleeper. How old is she now? She's, she'll be two in two months. So she's okay. just turned 22 months. She's still in a car. So she is in a car. Yeah. So she slept through from about six weeks. But we were laughing because I was saying, I know that pregnancy you can get insomnia. Some women struggle to sleep during pregnancy. But I never had that. I always felt like I, I never even got woken up by baby moving whilst I was sleeping. Now I don't know whether that's because I'm such a deep sleeper. Or whether... When I was asleep, baby was asleep, and I know it's only a 90 minute cycle that they sleep for, I know that, but she just never seemed to disturb me. So I said to Steve, maybe she's just one of those babies that she just sleeps. Don't get me wrong, she's not an angel in other areas, but she's always seemed to be okay with sleep. Um, so she went in her own room. Contra- it's quite controversial. Some people said we were stupid to do it at that time. Some people said get, them in, get her in her own room if she can at uh, 12 and a half weeks. She was in her own car, slept through. And then we put her into nursery when she was about eight and a half months old for a day. We had a few issues with childcare and she got so poorly. Chest infection, um, after yeah. chest infection, yeah. vomit and bug. And it was she was particularly poorly with a chest infection at about nine and a half months. And I said to my husband, I'm not confident in her sleeping in her own cot when she's this poorly. So I brought it, we brought it into the bed because 
we were both exhausted. I'd gone back to work when she was three weeks. Stay had never taken any time off because he was. We were both self-employed at the time, so we needed to sleep to go to work. So we put her in the bed, and sometimes I go, "It's lovely having her in with us," and sometimes I go, "This is the worst thing I've ever done." Mm-hmm. She is sleeping back in her cot now. Literally this last week, mm-hmm. that's it. And she would go back in her cough maybe for the last month until about half one. Then she'd shout, Mummy, I'd go and get her. I'll just put her in bed because I've got to go to work. Yeah. So I love it when she sleeps through because I remember thinking, this is what I always wanted. She was always meant to be in her own bed. Yeah. But I understand why some people do go to sleep. I know, I know, I know. Isn't it like... You know, obviously the guidance is in your room, 6 to 12 months, reduce the citrus, things like that, um, which is fine, except we would wake him up every time we turned over, yeah. like bed to go, you would open the door to go to the toilet, and yeah. like a, a breeze or whatever. Or you put the lights on to go to the yeah. when it wakes people up. Yeah. yeah. Or eat snore. Yeah. And the baby would go, <gasps> yeah. you know, yeah. and we stuck it out until 6 months and then it just wasn't yeah. working for us anymore. Yeah. Like the floorboards, as much as you lay on the floorboards in your house, like which one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't working. No. Um, but we had a lot of issues with him with like, he had a tongue tie. Mm-hmm. So we really struggled to feed, had really bad reflux. Um, did a lot of research into that and had his tongue tie cut when he was about 8 weeks old. Mm. And it massively helped. helped. Hasn't eliminated all the problems. You're supposed to do a lot of kind of um, muscle work and stuff, osteopath work and, and things like that to help the tongue function and mm. stuff. Um, but since we had that cut, he was better, mm. but it was still very much, he could be up every 45 minutes. Wow. And it wasn't always, he wanted to sleep on us, it was just... He just wanted to be up. Awake. Yeah. And he would nap in the day. Yeah. And he was the, I was reading all these books that said your baby should sleep like 16 hours thinking, no. oh, does he shite sleep yeah. that much? <laughs> like, is he broken? Because this just isn't working. Yeah. Um, and we kind of persevered and persevered. And sometimes I think you think to yourself, well, I like a cuddle off my partner to get to sleep. Maybe he wants. Is that not just normal yeah. for a baby to want to cuddle the yeah. mum or the dad to get to sleep? Yeah. And of course it is. Yeah. But for me, I just couldn't risk falling asleep with a yeah. mummy because yeah. the thought of that is yeah. just it's so terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's so easily done. Even well, on the couch while you're watching something. Do you want to tell you that, that that little woman, the midwife, I said who meant business? I she stood there and told us harrowing stories. Yeah. To make sure it hit home yeah. about how that's happened and yeah. women in that world who have done it and yeah, it, it's just it that's probably a, a big fear as well. Yeah. Or was a big fear. And okay, I suppose scaremongering in situations like that can be effective mm. to a certain extent. But I get families just have to do what works yeah. for them. Yeah. But I just think when you've had a baby, you're so sleep deprived, it's like torture. Could I be trusted to not roll on him or yeah. Yeah. smother him? Yeah. Do yeah. That well, that my, my husband said said that about about he was frightened about having Bella in the same bed yeah. as us yeah. for that reason because yeah. he was frightened of rolling over. He's a big lad, you know what I mean. He was yeah. frightened of rolling over. It's never appealed to us, to be honest. Each to their own. I like my own space. Yeah. Yeah. And I love sleep. Even yeah. more so now that I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, last night, touch wood, yeah. we've been implementing kind of a sleep plan. I say that lightly because a lot of the options on the sleep plan involve some sort of change 
And obviously when you change something with babies, they get upset. Yeah. Now I had said to the lady that I used, I don't want to cry it out with them. I don't think it's it's for us. Yeah. It can have a lot of implications, kind of mentally for baby and mom and I, I just don't like hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. It it it, it stresses me yeah. out. Yeah. It makes There's me some sort of instinct, doesn't it? I feel like yeah. really on edge when they cry. Yeah. I didn't feel like that with me first mm. because there wasn't yeah. that feeling or that yeah. bond there. Whereas with him, it's like instinct just to pick him up. Yeah. And that's normal. I say normal. You know, we use the word normal for things. Don't mm. we? But you know, and he'll go. He wants to be picked up all the time, and I'm like, but I do it now. And I'm terrible. Oh, but I understand yeah. if I do it too much this time yeah. because I didn't do it last yeah. time. To the point where he does just like being kind of yeah. yeah. He's kind of like a little handbag baby. <laughs> but he's like, he's quite small for his age. And he yeah. just, you know, he's yeah. a bit of a mummy's boy. Yeah. And I'm feeling feelings this time that you I didn't, didn't have. feel last time. And yeah. I'm trying to soak that up yeah. while he is so little. Yeah. Because there's going to become a day when he's 16 and I'm embarrassed <laughs> in front of his mates. And, you know, he doesn't yeah. want them hugs and kisses anymore. I suppose for me it is trying to kind of find a happy medium of right lie down now it's bedtime stop messing yeah and just holding them to sleep in the rocking chair because yeah. it's what's easy yeah. and it's training myself out to that mindset of he can he can lie in his cot and not cry yeah. even if he's awake there's no reason for him to be screaming he, yeah. he kind of is learning that that's his like safe space yeah. now he's getting really good to be honest with yeah. you we've had some really good some bad naps, some good naps, um, some bad nights, some good nights, but, you know, on the whole, kind of consistently now. It's improved. It's improved Improving. enough that yeah. we can get by and not be ripping each other's heads off. Yeah. Because we got to a point like that this yeah. time where it was just, even breathing was his fault. We, we made the rule that anything that was said to one another in the middle of the night didn't count the next That's morning. Forward. Yeah. That For that nice. reason. Because we were both having to get up and go to work. Yeah. And even, I kept saying, so Steve's a personal trainer, so he'd get up at 5am and go out yeah. to work. So. five. Yeah. So when I, was get, when I was getting up, I kept saying, you don't understand what it's like to try and get a baby and you ready by yourself yeah. to get to work, to drop the baby off to get to work. Yeah. And then he kept saying, yeah, but you're still not getting up at 5am to go to work after yeah, having no sleep. Oh, and, and it was just... The kids in the mix. Yeah. Well, isn't it? So yeah. it's like... Imagine trying to get yeah. one to school yeah. who moans about his socks or her hair or whatever yeah. the problem is, yeah. and then the baby who goes in the downstairs toilet and tries to stick his hands in the toilet yeah. while you're putting your shoes on. Yeah. And you know, he's been great because in the beginning I was doing a few of the nights myself, mm-hmm. and because the baby was up so much, it just got too much. Yeah. So we've always split it. Yeah, we split it. Now he went back to work kind of pretty soon anyway. But it was always like someone does before midnight, someone does after midnight. And that's been a saviour for me. Yeah. Just knowing that it's not all left to me. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I know there's like mums out there that are on their own that do do the whole night and stuff like that. But I think a massive contributor to my positive mental health this time has been that he has taken half that workload on. Oh, yeah. Even though when we spoke about having another baby, I said, if we have another one, I'll do it all. I promise yeah. I'll do it myself this time because you did it yourself <laughs> last time. And then it was, do you think you can help me with a nice feed? <laughs> and then they all kind of crept in. And, yeah. You know, he yeah. is, he's a massive supporter. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. And yeah. I think 
he's been the one this time that's when I've been slick and mentally has said, I think you need to go and see yeah. someone or yeah. go and take five minutes because yeah. things are slipping again. Yeah. Um, he sat me down kind of when the baby was about seven months and said, I think you've got postnatal depression again. Yeah. And I've kind of been thinking it for a little while. Yeah. It started, things had started to creep in. I just hadn't said nothing because I was kind of seeing where things went. Um, so I went to see the GP. They gave me some meds. I asked to be referred. And then as soon as we started getting good sleep, it changed. things changed. And I've done a little bit of research on Instagram and I've got like quite a few sleep pages on mm. Instagram. And they talk about how they might rage in parents and mums in particular. Yeah. And lack of sleep can be so much the same in terms of symptoms as postnatal depression. depression, you know, anxiety, yeah. rage, anger. I've never felt anything like that rage. Oh my God. And I remember thinking the next morning, why did I speak why to him like that? Because I would never dream yeah. of speaking to that when I'm in yeah. a rational headspace. Yeah. And it's not just the baby, it's my partner as yeah. well, it's both of them yeah. that I speak to like that yeah. night. Yeah. And it's like, I'll growl and it's so like last night, <laughs> I did a night feed before midnight and he didn't get a feed to the baby for once, like Slept. seven hours. Wow. Which is just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so he didn't do an after midnight feed and I woke up this morning and I like growled at him because I was like, you, you didn't get a feed last night you got full sleep and it's like it's not a competition nope. by any means but it kind of is at yeah. the same time yeah. and you kind of end up a bit like well hold on I did that last night yeah. tonight you yeah. do that and you get a little bit resentful of things that just don't matter yeah don't you it's not important no. you've both had a seven hour chunk of sleep yeah what are you moving for I know. I know. you know that's a good yeah. that's a very good night <laughs> yeah but, you know yeah um so yeah it, the night rage is real and for me the first time that kind of seeped over into the day as well and it was like any time the baby cried I was angry yeah just automatically angry yeah. I think this time it's just more frustration yeah rather than anything else yeah 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 and tiredness yeah because he's quite a good kid mm. you know, as far as one year old's going yeah. he's a good kid yeah. he's got a cracking sense of humour yeah <laughs> you know he's Yes, he's a great kid. It just it's the sleeper for me. Yeah. That's that's so hard, and that's the bit that no one prepares you for. Yeah. And as much as you make like sarky comments, don't they all like yeah. snide remarks? And it's like, well, yeah, I'm gonna sleep again, and you kind of go. <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking, why are you saying that to me? Yeah. Why, why are you wishing you that on me? Maybe yeah. Two in a week. What are you yeah. talking for now? Yeah. I am pregnant. You know, there yeah. is this is gonna happen. But yeah. like as you said, like my nephew slept through from like three weeks old. And was amazing. Yeah. And has always slept through. Yeah. So when my little one came along, my sister was like, is he not sleeping through yet? Mm. And I was like, not yet, now he's still feeding in the night. But he's small for his age, so I was always worried about cutting that feed out, yeah. or those feeds yeah. out, because he was having issues with like his weight and his size and stuff. How, how heavy was he born, by the way? He was like 13. No, not a so big, not out, a big, big baby, no, the way they went on. He come out, looking around the room, held him up, wasn't crying. He was kind of skinny, like for an eight pound thirteen baby. Was he I was expecting he's tall, yeah. little girl's tall, and yeah. he, he was tall, yeah. he's got he's long. Yeah. But I was expecting like a bit of a super. A big bit of a bruiser. Yeah. 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 And he was a bit lanky. Um <laughs> 813's an average weight, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Seven, eight pounds is yeah. a good weight. Yeah. 
I was glad he wasn't ten pounds. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But then I was really frustrated because of how much they pushed that he was big. The scan was showing is this, this, this. Well, actually, your scan was like two pound wrong. Mm. So that pressure didn't yeah. need to have been applied. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he, he came out great. You know, baby was fine after the section. Yeah. They just have quite a bit of trouble afterwards with like crap on their lungs. That's the same as Bella had. Yeah. The They've not added all. She's come out too, too fast. fast. She's not had time have a chance to, like, to clear. Yeah. That's something that we struggled with. Really. He was very grunty. But I also didn't bit. know that that needed to happen. Yeah. No one told me about that. Yeah. No one spoke to me about that. No one said, you know, when you push your baby out, yeah. take your time. Yeah. In essence, I viewed it as you got one push. To get your head out, the following push, you get the shoulders and the body yeah. out. I, mean, but I, I had no idea. Like that I was pushing and like it had to come out a little bit. And, and then come oh, and, head. and, and then come back in. Yeah. And this went on. They let me push for two hours. Oh my god! Any no. Than like the tip of their hair. No. Um. It's like that with some people, isn't it? Yeah. Two pushes and out. My sister has a yeah. side three pushes. He was out. Yeah. Um. But then when you have a section, it's not like that at all. No. They're not. They're not pushed through anything. So he, he was quite like grisly, I suppose, and yeah. like grunty for a little while. But then that obviously turns into like you reflux, your tongue tie kind of realm then. Um, which is a whole other story yeah. in itself, isn't yeah. it? There's there's yeah. loads of stuff on that. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't massive. He was a pound bigger pretty much. He was seven yeah. twelve. Yeah. You could definitely see that in my bum and stuff yeah. like that. Um and then when I saw the midwife afterwards because obviously the midwife still come out for a few yeah, days, yeah. so he was the one who delivered them. Yeah. Um, and she was like, is everything okay? And I was like, I'm a little bit disappointed that I was made to feel like I needed him out because he was huge, and he really wasn't. Yes. I could have had, and okay, that's on me, that's, that's mm. the onus is on me, making that choice, but I could have had another week. Yeah. Waiting for him to come to out by went. himself. Yeah. Um, we saw an osteopath a little bit after he was born and it turns out he was kind of tilted in the womb, head back to one side and that's why he was stuck. Because so, was that never picked up on any of these scans? No. And even when they give you an internal, they feel head, yeah. they feel sweep. They feel where baby's sitting and if they they're engaged. They that he was kind of wonky. So that was always displayed afterwards. And he always had a head preference to one way. Yeah. He could only, he could only have a roll one way. Yeah. And um, he was a bit kidney bean shaped. And yeah. when I talked to the osteopath, I said, "He's a kidney bean." <laughs> and she was like, "Pardon?" <laughs> and I was like, "Look at him. He's a kidney bean." And yeah. when she looked at him, she could see what I meant. The, the way he was curvature. So that cost me a bloody fortune yeah. going to an osteopath for mm. forty pounds pop. But you know what? In terms of like the tongue tie, the seed and just his general like body tone and condition it was it worth was well, it. well worth, worth it. it yeah and it's something we try and keep up with now yeah. because every time he has a growth spurt he reverts back to a little bit of a kidney meeting again <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't have yeah. when you put him down to like change his bum or whatever yeah. um he, he gets a little bit wonky and it just relates back to the way he was sitting yeah. in the room and it's just it's crazy that really it's isn't magical, it? isn't yeah. it though yeah how you can grow a human, birth a human, and at the same time, it's just so, there's something so unnatural about things. I remember time. thinking, after she, after Bella was born, and Steve stood in front of me holding her, I've got a photograph of the exact moment I'm thinking of, 
you were just in my stomach. Like, and it, I know it sounds stupid, but when I think about stuff like space and outer space in the universe, I end up getting that carried away with it that it, it genuinely blows my mind. Yeah, and I can't comprehend what I'm thinking about. And it was the same level of, I can't comprehend that you were in my stomach. For me, it's the making of the baby that I can't comprehend. Like, how do those two things come together to be a ball of cells to then be to become a become that a human being? Years? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm the same, and you could think about it. Like, yeah. For such a long time. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think this time mentally things have been much better. I've been a lot more aware of what to look out for. But yeah. I am quite self aware anyway. Yeah. So I I was the one the first time that went and said something because I acknowledged I needed help. Yeah. But I think I don't know if it's the area in which we live or just in general. Mm. There's no services out there for support. And you know what? If I had an X amount of money, I'd love to start like a company, a group, a place where there's support for stuff like that. Yeah. You know, council run services are so limited. Do you know what I think is is crazy? And it kind of falls back to like the population of the world. Like this obviously happens a lot. Women go through this a lot and and men, because I know men can have postnatal depression as well, but the, there's, there's got to be something better happening. Yeah. There needs to be more done. There needs to be more support. Yeah. And, you know, okay, if a referral to social services is needed, mm. if a referral to the police is needed, you know, there's women out there that harm the babies yeah. because of the way they feel. Yeah. There's men out there that harm um, the babies yeah. because of the way they feel. And that support should start way before it gets yeah, to, that to that point. point. And it shouldn't just be the GP going, yeah, there's some antidepressants, take that. Try these, there you go. I'm still on a waiting list from my six-week check to talk to someone. Wow, that's not good. And he's one next week. Yeah, that's not good. And if I wasn't as self-aware as I was, yeah. if I was someone like I was the first time, there's so many bad things that could happen. Yeah. And the services that are there are trying. They're really trying. Yeah. The health visitor comes out and sees me in between when she sees yeah. the baby. That's very good. Because she, yeah. you know, she knows me kind of history. Mm. She, she's very thorough. She's yeah. great. But that's not the case for everyone. No. And that's not the case in every borough. And no. the baby groups that you go to don't talk about it. It's very taboo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because... You're perceived as a bad mum because you don't love your baby yeah. and you want to hate your baby. Yeah. And I've never felt that way. Yeah. I've never, I, I'm very much, I don't really care what other people's opinions yeah, yeah. are of me in general yeah. as a person. But I know not everyone else is. I've, I've definitely arrived at that the last six months. Honestly, right. Honest I am, I am, a, I am a different human being yeah. because I've had Bella. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. And even down to like, Today, I know it sounds superficial, but I went for a, a bridesmaid's dress fitting for my younger sister's wedding. And I just stripped down to my knickers and put the dress on. And I actually thought, I genuinely don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. It yeah. doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. I'm from someone who was beyond obsessed with body, weight, image, yeah. dress size, workouts, the lot, food, the whole thing. It's so such a nice place to be yeah. that I genuinely hand on heart can say yeah. I don't care anymore 
I think some of that comes from just the experience, doesn't it? When you've had 20 people looking inside your uterus, like your baby coming out. When you, when you go, are you right for me to check? You go, yeah. fucking hell, yeah, okay. Yeah. We've got a student, like, can we, can we do and two at once? Yeah, yeah, okay, go on, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I think there's not, there's not enough out there. No. There isn't, and I think someone, somewhere, needs to put something like that in place. Something needs to happen. To protect mums and to yeah. protect children. children. and ensure that they're getting the best start and yeah. you know the best experience yeah. and okay birth is what it is your baby's got to come out yeah how that happens is your choice to a certain extent yeah but it's just one of those things yeah. emergencies happen and yeah. stuff like that but you know hospitals offer debriefs yeah. so i had a debrief from the women's but mm-hmm. it only told me what i knew at the time mm. it told me how much i lost blood what the the very kinds of it's the basics. It's not actually like what, what happened. happened. It's yeah. just stage one took this long, stage, stage two took this long. long. Which goes in your notice, doesn't, doesn't it? It doesn't help in your head no. when you already went through that experience, but it doesn't then explain anymore. Yeah. But I just think yeah. there needs to be a service, doesn't there? Yeah. Definitely. Is out there. Yeah. And I think, I honestly, if I had, if I had the money, yeah. I would do it. I would absolutely do it because I think it needs to be there. Yeah. And it shouldn't be shamed. No. I think we attach so much guilt and shame and embarrassment and yeah. to those kinds of feelings and, yeah. and, and struggling to voice them. Yeah. When actually, probably, I don't even know what the statistic is, how many people in a room are, have had that thought yeah. or have had those feelings. And I think it's a generational thing as well. Yeah. Like my nan made a comment and no harm was yeah. by it after me second. Why can't you just birth babies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't take offence yeah. to it because that's just me now, the yeah. way she is. And you know her and you love her. And I can't birth babies. Yeah. <laughs> and But, you know, yeah. that is what it is. Yeah. My body just, for whatever reason, some, has some women birth yeah. or I've pushed my body when it's not ready yeah. or there's probably lots of, of factors. Yeah. Mm. But she just said it how it was. What is yeah. wrong with you? Why can't you give birth? Yeah. And I think it, in her day, yeah. induction wasn't really a thing. I don't think it was a thing, was it? It wasn't a thing. No. Um, you just had your baby and it yeah. was like, you know, obviously there was some rough, yeah. rough goes around, but yeah, yeah, she just very much went, what is that? It was almost like she said what I was thinking, yeah. but just didn't want to say yeah. to myself. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah, I know. But I yeah, know. She just, it's, it's definitely a generation I think it is a generation thing. Like that. that was never a thing back in no. my day. Mums didn't feel like this back in our day. They just got on with it. Yeah. And you know, mental health is a massive thing these days, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's so many stigmas attached to certain things, and I don't think maternal mental health should be one of them. No, I definitely don't. And I, the job that I have and the, the age of the students that I look after, it is, you can't ignore it. And I think mental health, maternal mental health, like you've just said, at that point in your life, I for me, that's probably the most vulnerable I've ever been. Yeah. Therefore, it needs to be the strongest yeah. for that reason. I think just having children makes you the most vulnerable you've ever been oh my God, in yeah. many different ways. Yeah. And I think professional-wise, there's been some great doctors. Yeah. I've run the GP surgery before now, and they've gone, so I've got no appointments, you know, it's one minute past eight, I've mm-hmm. got no appointments, and I've gone... 
I've just had a baby and I need to talk to someone about my mental health mm-hmm. and they've got someone to see, see me, me straight away. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't that lucky mm-hmm. and don't have that service available to them. But I've always been so grateful that the practice that I'm with have always took that really seriously. Yes. Um, I did have one bad experience when I went in this time to see um, the doctor when I started to feel quite low. She went, go for a walk. She was a locum, so she wasn't yeah, regular. Yeah. Go for a walk. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah. Go for a walk. It'll help your mental health. Once I don't think you're listening to what I'm I'm telling you, this is what happened last time, and I had these intrusive thoughts, and I'm starting to feel the same again. Going for a walk is not going to solve anything. Feel like I want to harm my child. Like that is a ridiculous, ridiculous suggestion. And I went to reception, and there was a massive queue of people. I was holding the baby, and I just sobbed at the woman, and I said, "You need to get me in with a different GP. We've got no appointments." I went, "I don't care." you need to get me an appointment with someone yeah. else because that GP is shocking and I will not see her again. And I burst out crying, just holding my kids yeah. at reception. Yeah. And I think at that point she kind of knew how serious yeah. things were. Yeah. And for that, sometimes you're grateful. Yeah. And I'm kind of grateful maybe that she's a woman as well because sometimes oh, I yeah. had that being a male receptionist. Possibly. Without that being really kind of gender stereotypical. I think sometimes when I've seen a male GP in the past, mm. they've never taken it as seriously. Have they not? No. No. There's you know one what? great man and he's a little bit older. Yeah. No matter what you go and tell him, he takes it serious. Yeah. But some of the others, it's very much... Do you know what's really interesting? I've had the opposite experience. Okay. So, my GP is literally six doors up. Yeah, 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 same road. And my six-week checkup was with a woman. So I'd been to see the doctor a couple of times because Bella was poorly, she had colic, she was really bad. Anyway, my six-week checkup was with a female doctor and they said, Amber, we're booking you in with a female doctor because if you wanted to take a look at anything or if, you know, if you've had any stitches or anything, which I never had, so I was, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, I spoke to a female and she asked me had I had my first period yet? And this was literally six weeks and two days since Bella was born. And I said, no. And she said, do you think you could be pregnant? And I went, no. Okay. And then she asked me other questions. Asked me about my mental health. Asked me about Bella's health. Asked me about my physical health. And said again, and there's no chance she could be pregnant. And I said, no. I'm, I know I'm not pregnant. Because you normally should have had your first period by now. And I said, right. But I haven't. And she asked me again. And I remember thinking, I, come, I came out of that appointment so flustered, like distraught with panic of, if I'm pregnant again now, that means I'll have another baby before Bella's even one. And mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And she put me in that much fear that I went and bought a pregnancy test, knowing I wasn't pregnant. And I then texted my friend who'd had a little girl six months before me and said, really intrusive question here. This is why I'm really grateful for my friends, being honest. How many weeks postpartum were you when you had your first period? And she said, about 11 weeks. And I literally just went, oh, oh thank God. God for that. Yeah. And then it got to like nine and a half weeks postpartum and there was my first period. And I thought, she put the fear of God in me that I hadn't had my first period at six weeks and two days that I could be pregnant. But was almost, it was, it was the manner in which she was asking me the question was like trying to shame me into yeah. saying, you well, could be pregnant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, yeah. 
from a woman yeah. to speak to me like that as a new mum, as a first time mum. Yeah. I remember saying to the doctor surgery, next time I needed to see somebody about Bella, I don't want to be the, the, the female doctor, no. Yeah. The first woman I went to after my first did my six week check and told me that I needed to lose weight. Like, I had put on like three and a half stone while I was but, pregnant. Don't so does everyone. But so does everyone. But I was like, seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm breastfeeding a baby that I've got no emotional connection to. Yeah. My weight is the last, last thing, thing on my, my list. Yeah. I've got a lot going on in my head right yeah. now. Yeah. And it'll come off when it comes yeah. off. As they say, like nine months in, nine, nine months out. Kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not back in my jeans this time, second time round. It's been a lot harder yeah. on my body. But I've also put no pressure on myself. No. Because I've got a busy life. And also... I like food. <laughs> I also think as well, like, now now that I'm in a place where I feel completely in love with myself, I realise that it, it doesn't... It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like... The size of your clothes or the weight on the scales, there's no weight, excuse the pun, in you as an individual and in you as a parent yeah. and you're a bit... It's just, it's just not a thing anymore. And I think I feel so grateful to pregnancy and Bella for me to get to this point because yeah. I had to do so much work to figure out who I was again because yeah. of that identity crisis. Yeah. I think I'm still in that identity crisis, I suppose, after my second, just because my body's a lot more different this yeah. time. You know, your boobs go a bit saggier yeah. after you've had two, yeah. that third, you know, put a bit more weight on, or because of our dissection and mm. you've got a scar, your mm. belly hangs differently as well. I've heard that everyone says about the, do they call yeah, it like an a apron? Yeah, level, yeah. You? I mean, don't get me wrong, if you're slim and you've got one of those bodies that bounces back, you probably yeah. wouldn't get that. Yeah. But... I just have never been the type that if I've lost a bit of weight, it's kind of gone tight again. Anything's yeah. like gone tight or mm. anything like that. Um, and it does, it massively changes yeah. your body and the way you feel about your yeah. body. And I do think you compare yourself a lot to others. And massively. Yeah. Because you are yeah. who you are and what yeah. you are and you've brought yeah. children into this world and yeah. stuff. But, you know, I, I followed a girl on Instagram and she's stunning, she's amazing. She was training until she was like dropping. In fact, she went, her waters broke while she was doing a lot of Yeah. And I can only applaud her for that yeah. because like I couldn't even get off the couch this yeah. time. I was that exhausted. Yeah. And everyone's different. Yeah. But I think there is a certain amount of pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. And massively. And I think because I was a gym boffin, because I was obsessed with having a six pack because I was I've had a I've had a history of um, eating disorders so because I have that history and everyone said to me you'll bounce back I'm bet I'm promise you you'll bounce back have you seen you you're, you're a machine you'll bounce back you mess and you live with a PT you're mine to a PT you'll bounce back promise you and then I never and it was it was soul destroying to look in the mirror and think I don't even recognize myself and I think that's where it started. But I I didn't start to lose the baby weight again until three days before Bella turned one. And it was then when I thought, I can't keep saying to myself, I've just had a baby. I am in that because step. she's yeah. one. She's a whole year of life. Yeah. So if I'm going to do something about it, I need to do it now. Yeah. I, am, I am definitely in that phase now where it's like a couple of other health conditions have popped up and I keep saying up with this, this, this. And yeah. I'm like, no, I can't keep using this as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm tired. My life's a mess. It's chaos. But 
I need something for me. Yeah. I need to have a little bit of control yeah. Yeah. of myself and sort my life out again. You know. But what helped me as well was that weekly weigh-in, mm-hmm. that weekly NASA with women, where they were just talking about, and every, everyone in that room was able to give me advice on being a parent. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break. Losing weight. Mm-hmm. Your mental health with weight and image. And it just kind of felt like all the pieces of the puzzle were coming together at the right time. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of things at home, and for me, obviously, but... I think you need to be in the right mindset to, to, to start. Right you do, yeah. you do. Things that, and not that they're excuses, but things in life need to be at the right place. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. people are busy. Going to two children from one, and this probably makes me sound ridiculous. Like you said, your dad's one of what? Twelve. <laughs> yeah. God, my God. I know. Having, everyone says, oh, they just slot in. And to a certain extent, they do. They mm. have to slot in because yeah. you already have a life and a routine and yeah. stuff. But then this little kid's just even more demanding than the first one. Yeah. And it's almost like they don't slot in. No. And you then have to kind of redo your life. Adapt your for them. And your yeah. schedule because they've made yeah. up the mind that they're not slotting into yeah. what you originally did. Yeah. And it's chaos. Yeah. And I've only got two. And yeah. I look at people who've got like three, four, five. And I just think, how? I said to Steve... My husband, like, Bella's at that point now where she will entertain herself yeah. for 10 minutes so I can I can get my bag ready for work yeah. or I can get myself dressed for work or put makeup on or whatever. And I go back and forth between wanting another baby and, and not mm-hmm. because, selfishly, I don't know if I can go back to not having that ability yeah. now that I have it. Yeah. And we, because our gap was so big... Yeah. It's almost been like we've started again. Like, does it get? Ho- I always think, does it get harder the longer you leave it? I don't. I don't know. I think because she's so self-sufficient, I can say to her, "You get her in the bath. I'll put her in the bath. She'll wash her hair. She'll wash herself. She'll get out. She'll get her jammers on." She's so self-sufficient now that it's almost like living with another adult yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Obviously, she could never be left alone. Yeah. She can't cook for herself. Yeah. None of that. But. Some of the like logistics of everyday life she can do herself yeah. now, and she's almost like a bit of a second mum. Like, yeah. I say, I'll go and get a nappy in the wipes for me, please. Yeah, she's if a help. I've already got to lay down, yeah. and I don't want them to roll away. That's yeah. a thing. She's a help rather than a hindrance, if yeah. you want to say it like that. Like, yeah. I can imagine like a yeah. two year old would be a massive hindrance oh, when you're trying to change I, like a bum or whatever. Yeah, Steve and I talk about it, and we, we literally go one day we go, Yeah, okay, we think we will have another one. She's about three, and then yeah. the next day we go, Oh, I don't really know, you know, because. I just, I just can't imagine having to look after Bella in the age she is now. One, be pregnant yeah. again, and have another tiny baby. I just, I just don't know how people do, it. but people say they just, they make it happen. I wouldn't change the gap now. Yeah. I think it, it was meant to be. Mm. Um, you know, things happen for a reason. We just weren't ready yeah. prior to now. Yeah. Even when we discussed having another one this time, we didn't expect it to happen as quickly as it yeah. did. But it was obviously just the way it was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, we're very much quite done with one of each. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great age gap now, but I kind of have got this fear of when they're a little bit older. Mm. So in 10 years' time, he's only going to be 10, yeah. but she's going to be 18, and she's going to be diff- living at home. Yeah, yeah. If she is, she's not going to want a yeah. 10-year-old brother, like, tagging along with her. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I suppose logistically in the future, things might be massively different, but for now, she's very interested in him. Yeah. 
she very much gets frustrated when he doesn't understand her games and he mm. just cries or takes <laughs> stuff off her or whatever. Mm. I do think if I could go back, I would have done it earlier had yeah. mental health not been a barrier. Yeah. Maybe like five or six now, yeah. not like massively younger. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't change it now. Yeah. Like kind of for the world. Yeah. It's, it, it works. Yeah. I say great, you know, we're probably going to have an argument tonight because he doesn't have an idea or whatever. But, you know, it, yeah. it works great. Yeah. And 10 years down the line, we're still kind of happily together. Yeah. Yeah. As such. Yeah. You know, we have our, our bickers. Yeah. But every every, like that, every household does. We've still not had time for us. Yeah. We've still not been no. a couple because we spent a decade bringing up children now. Yeah. We've still not been on holiday together. We don't get a lot of like, date nights yeah. and stuff now. We've kind of sacrificed that. Yeah. To have children. Yeah. And then we keep saying when we're 40, yeah. we'll be able to go to do us. leave the kids at home. Yeah. And we'll be able to do what we should have done. When you were 20. Early on, when we were 20, yeah. and had that time to get to know each other. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't change the kids for the world now. Yeah. The arms up the wall. Can't afford anything. No. Can't go anywhere because no. skin. <laughs> Don't go out after six o'clock because the baby goes to bed. Yeah. If people come over, we're like, shh, the baby's yeah. dead. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you don't, you don't want to change it. No, you wouldn't either. change it. No. And we've got our little closing tradition. Okay. Two things. One, what is one thing you wish you knew about parenting before you became a parent? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. What other people said? So, my husband, when I asked him that, he said he wishes... The one thing he knew about parenting, and he knows people say this, is trust your own instincts. Mm -hmm. Go with what works for Mm -hmm. you. Like, just forget everyone else's opinions. Yeah. Mine, I think, is, I think looking back at pregnancy, I was blissfully ignorant about what I was about to face. Mm -hmm. So I wish I'd spoken, maybe it was because I was pregnant during COVID, I don't know, but I wish I'd had the chance to speak to more people Mm -hmm. about those first few weeks, the next part, what could happen in those. But I also felt like I put so much trust in my midwife, mm-hmm. that that information wasn't shared with me and I didn't know to ask it. Yeah. I suppose I've got two little ones. Yeah. If, I, it's kind of like what your husband said, push, push for what you know, mm-hmm. you know, is is right. As a mum, mm-hmm. especially, I'm not saying dads don't get that feeling, but as a mum, you've got more intuition. Yeah. You've just got this mum instinct yeah. and you know if something's wrong. Yeah. Even if the GP says, for example, it's just a viral infection. Yeah, you know. You oh, yeah. know if you know. it's something more than that, yeah. if it needs looking at, or yeah. if it needs treatment, or if you've just got concerns about your child. Yeah. Push, push for that. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you that. Yeah. You just over exaggerating, or you don't know. Yeah. You know your own body. Yeah. Your child's come from your body, you know. That's a very good point. You know very good things point. inside out. Okay, you're not a medical professional as such, but. Yeah. I think mums are always right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and plan, 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 plan. Like some of my best days where like I'm mentally the best, the kids are best behaved, are days when like I've made the pack lunch yeah. before yeah. and I've got the bag with the bottles ready in yeah. the nursery. And yeah. for me, we like a routine. Yeah. I know it doesn't work for everyone, yeah, yeah. 
but my advice would be just make sure that you plan for everything. It does make your life easier. Take nappies with yeah. you. Yeah. Make sure you've got wipes. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you take your dog out, make sure you've got doggy poo bags yeah. with you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a parent here. Yeah. All these things that like could happen. Yeah. You know, we've had to stay in hospital where I had nothing with me because I wasn't planning that yeah. we'd have to stay in. And I was just sat there in the same clothes as the night before without yeah. having anything to eat. Yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, bloody hell, if I'd have, like, planned for what could be, not in a negative mm. way, but just be prepared, mm. then I'd have had bloody stuff with me and I wouldn't be mm. starving. Yeah, very true, no. very true. And then what is your one tip, your parenting tip? That you were passed to other parents or parents to be? Ooh, you know, if your baby's got a cough, use a humidifier. Okay. So I know that sounds really weird. Sometimes if you have the heating on in your house and stuff like that, it can cause them to be like a little bit dry. Mm-hmm. We love our humidifier. I use it when I'm poorly. Mm-hmm. I have it for the baby when he's poorly. You can get ones that have got like a little cowpaw. Okay. Like um, insert at the bottom. Oh, I think we've so got one of them. Yeah. Like, um, Menthol. Yeah. Yeah. Like tea tree and things yeah. like that. They are tremendous. Perfect. Tremendous for like when it's dry at home, mm. for like snotty noses, coughs. Mm. You know, the way you say if your baby's got like RSV and mm. stuff, stand in the bathroom with them in the shower. Steaming like, out. Steaming out. Yeah. It's essentially just steam for your room. Okay. It's definitely one of the best suggestions and the best pick, like, you know. Yeah. Pieces of advice, things that you can Perfect. buy. Yeah. That I think is worthwhile. It's worth it, yeah. Fab- fabulous. Well, thank you very much for being so honest. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming. Very and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Like a no. Thing, no, it hasn't. It's just a bit real, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's what it's we want. It's what we want. It's what we want. It's what we want. Yeah. And yeah. I think it, it is important that, yeah. that people Massively. Are that it, it, it's normal. Yeah. Feelings like this are normal and yeah. stuff like that happens. Yeah. You, know, you get you get through it. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll get to work on putting a service in place. Yeah, for everyone. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, love.